Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. We have finally arrived. NCAA Round of 16 this Monday in Orlando. So excited for all of the action to unfold. Quick plug at the beginning. We had the opportunity to interview all 32 remaining head coaches on both the men's and women's side of the Division I event. If you missed any of them, you can find them all in one location on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, you can find all of the episodes individually on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. It has been a week of college tennis here at Cracked Rackets, and that's because, of course, it's the celebration of the 2021 season. So we want all of you listeners, all of you fans, to be as prepared as possible. With all of that said, there's only two podcasts left to record before we are all on site in Orlando. That's our preview podcast. And on this one, of course, we're going to be previewing the men's side. On our other podcast, we're bringing in the GOAT, Colette Lewis, once more to preview the women's side. So again, we will make sure all of you listeners have all of the information you need going into the action in Orlando. But joining me on today's show to preview all of the men's action as they have all season long, not just in 2021, in 2020, 2019, 2018. And we are so excited. Our final podcast until the three of us are back in person with one another. Let's bring in first who we always start with. You know him as a former, former star recruit on TennisRecruiting.net, your favorite writer on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Perhaps the only person other than my mother, Jay, and maybe Colette Lewis to listen to all 16 of the men's podcasts in preparation for today's show. And of course, the delayed birthday boy, it's Matt the Cracks to Koyak. Maddie, happy birthday to you. Hey, great shot, Westoff. Give me those sound effects. How are you feeling, my friend? I am feeling great, man. And it's not just because of the birthday. That has me feeling a little bit old, but I'm just feeling great. I'm ready to go for some round of 16 action, boys. Uh, we've been waiting for this all year, right? Uh, it's it's finally come down to this. And, you know, you mentioned all of those coaches interviews. Fantastic job, by the way, Gruskin. I did listen to every single one of those. Um, according to a lot of these coaches, right, we've got 16 teams Anybody could win this thing. So I think it's going to be really fun. My brain is so scrambled right now. I like I could make a case for all 16 on every side. I'm like, oh, you don't think Mississippi State can win? I just talked to Matt Roberts, and I've got the juice flowing through my ears. I know why, what they think they can do. The, the freshmen are getting better. Geo's a beast. It doubles clicking at the right time. Yeah, and the thing is, that's something we've talked about all season long. So to hear those coaches echo it, A, you're not going to go to Orlando and not think you can win, but B, it certainly leads to some exciting action. Now, before I bring in our next guest, I just want you all to know, and again, we do these on Zoom. We will be doing them in person in Orlando. Chris Halioris made 
the best birthday little mock sound effect when we said Westoff bring in the sound effects. He made a little fake kazoo noise. I'm going to ask him to do that when we bring him in here. You know him as the forefather of the College Tennis Ranks formula. Predictions never far from the listed UTR, one of the many dames to root for the Liberty Flames, lover of mothers, lover of almond joys, the snitch, the professor. He quotes Henry Ford. His life is run by his wife. I will also point out he was 15-1 and in the 16 host regions of the opening weekend, of course, I'm talking about Chris Halioris. Chris, hey, great shot. Give me the sound effect, and then, of course, let us know how you're doing today. <laughs> Happy birthday, Maddie. Ah, man, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to finally, uh, you know, get down to Florida and the three of us get back together. It's going to be like it was at Wake Forest all over again. Uh, you know, hopefully we have some some good uh, some good company bill kallenberg i hope he'll be there that was danny belcito <laughs> is danny belcito gonna stop by i hope so oh i gotta hit him off we need belcito there that's what i'm saying that <laughs> that's what made it that would be the full crew and he brought the beers and so you know we, we can't not have him this time um but no I, I agree with you chris it's gonna be great to be in person you're driving down saturday correct I'm driving down Saturday, get there Sunday, probably uh, pull the rig right up into the back of the tennis center there as soon as when we get for the for the full day Monday. So, you know, for all the fans, i.e. Jay, that are listening, uh, you know, you see the big RV out back, uh, come on by and say hi. Probably won't be out there till it's all said and done, and then maybe we'll be out there recording our pre- our recap pod, who knows? 100%. You just you saying that out loud, if Dalton listens to this, and hopefully we're going to be able to send you down with some stuff, Chris, we're putting the banner on the RV. That's CRHQ, and we'll set up a little studio there, and we'll do what we have to do. I love that idea. Uh, obviously looking forward to seeing you down there. Maddie, where are you headed down? So a little bit of a change of plans. I'm actually heading down Wednesday, so I will be there on Wednesday. I'm not going to be on site on Monday. Knock on wood right now as you say that, just in case. I just talked to Toby Hansen, man. He, I'm believing in all of them, but no, I, I, it makes sense. You got work. You have things to do, I imagine. Yep, 100%, man. Mm-hmm. Got to take care of that stuff, right? Yeah, no, and then we can enjoy a championship weekend, hopefully. But again, a lot of tennis to be played before Monday. The women's round of 16 going to be played on Sunday. The men on Monday. Then, of course, Tuesday off for everyone. That's going to be a media day. Wednesday, going to be the women's quarterfinals. Thursday, the men's quarterfinals. Friday, Saturday, the semifinals and finals. Part of that is for TV reasons, of course. I am very, very excited to say I will be on the broadcast. I My times were changed. I think I'm the morning session now on a different day and the evening session on a different day. I'm not exact. I just, I've been doing all these interviews. I didn't read it that closely. As such, you boys are going to get mad at me. I'm, I can't make any predictions. These teams, coaches are going to get so mad at me. I know. I've I've already heard <laughs> from certain people. If they're like, you can't be predicting against me that I'm the call. And so no predictions no, for okay. me. But, but, but this, just for the round of 16. Just for the round of 16. No, right, we're, I'm, right now we're saying, look, that's fine. I'll let you bail on seven of the eight. You're predicting <laughs> Virginia USC. <laughs> Uh, you won't be on deal. the call for that one now. Well, I I don't know if I'm so, on the backcourt. The truth is I don't know if it's backcourts, courts. I don't know if there's two broadcasts going simultaneously. I'm just not really sure how it looks. I haven't read my email that closely yet. Chris, this is the typical Gruskin cop-out right. here. We have to deal with this every year. Fine. 
fine. I feel like our listeners know who I'm fine. Uh, the thing is, I don't want to get in trouble. Like, I really don't want to get in trouble. No, you know what it really is, Maddie? He doesn't want to come in last again. No! First of all, I tied with Matt. And for, second of all, f*** you. Third of all, refer to the second thing. Um, and fourth of all, <laughs> refer to the third thing. But no. I, I think you tied with Woodson, too. Let <laughs> him know that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, anyways. And I know he's listening. Yeah. Shout, no, shout out to you, Coach I Woodson. just don't want to... I, I, there's a reason Kirk Herbstreit does it. You have to see all these teams. I don't want them to think, are you rooting against me on the broadcast? That's the reason why. That is the, the true reason uh, why. Um, and so that is why I'm not going to be making a pick. That Illinois-Florida match in particular, that's kryptonite for me. You're just asking me to get in trouble. Um, so no picks round of 16. Quarterfinals on. I mean, hopefully I won't be able to make picks because they're going to be like, damn, that Alex Gruskin was so good on the broadcast. He's going the rest of the way. Um, but on the very likely chance they don't do that, I'll be back making picks rest assured i'm not gonna make picks on the women's side either so i apologize for all of our listeners i will as a compromise because both of those teams know how i feel chris that's fair i'll make a pick in uva usc that's that's literally that's my match that yes that that's a fair fair ask of you that's going to be my one um because both of those teams know how i feel about them with that said here's today's format It's going to be eight minutes. We've got eight matches, eight minutes per match. Sometimes we're not going to spend the full eight. I'm sure we're going to wander over on occasion as well, but the goal is going to be eight minutes per match. Then we'll move on to the next one. Maddie is going to be making the case for the top seed. Match calculus, you know, their strengths, how they've played of late. He'll talk about that. Of course, to make the case for the underdogs, we bring in the professor. That's going to be Chris's role. It's also just an excuse for him to hype up Mississippi State and say, no, 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 you asked me to do it so you know that box is checked as well of course i'm gonna tune in hook hook you all up with the stats with the context as well uh but that is the format today of course the reason we're able to do it day in day out our friends from turn tennis they've supported us all season long if you want to join the team get college pricing or free sample sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707 just mention crack racket sent you they'll hook you up i just used some turn grip in on my racket in my first Indianapolis League match. Your boy got the W. 6-2-6 love. Now, in case he listens to this podcast, because I think he was like, oh, tell me more about your job, and there's a chance this will be the first one he sees, wasn't his best day. The scoreline more about him than it is about me. Um, That said... Always happy to get a victory, and I did this on a different podcast where, because I, I called uh, Albert Ramos Vanola's Robert, and I said, "Hey, if he wins, because I was just tired, whatever." Albert Ramos turned into Robert, and I said, "Hey, if he wins tomorrow, and you listen to this podcast, text Big Shot." I say, "Way to go, Big Shot Bob!" and and then he did win the next day, and we got like uh, more tweets, and I I'm very happy that the people are like, "Way to go, Big Shot Bob!" and so. <laughs> If you see me in Orlando and you want to give me a little, you know, elbow, hey, way to win that match, I'll appreciate it. Just throwing that out there. That's going to be the gimmick here today. But again, shout out to our friends at Turn of Tennis. Email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, gentlemen, the podcast we've been waiting for. Round of 16 preview. The only other detail I did not yet mention, we're going to go chronologically. And of course, for those of you who don't know the schedule uh, for the event here this year, it's going to go 10 a.m. matches are the first wave. Then we've got the 1 p.m.s. Then we've got the 4 p.m.s. Then we've got the 7 p.m.s. Now, are all of those going to stay on schedule? Hell no. 
Absolutely not. That's never the case, but that is a rough approximation, so we are going to stick chronologically. Uh, and the, the match we're going to start with is the one with the big brands, the big names, and one of the f- most frequent NCAA tournaments we saw, and it's there are still a couple of members on the team from this match. 2017 NCAA semifinals in Athens, Georgia. UNC knocks off the Bulldogs. The match ends up going inside. Bo Boyden ends up getting the clinch. Now, Simon Sondergaard, Josh Peck, Will Blumberg, they were on that team. They remember that match. Not a single member of the current Georgia roster was there in 2017. And asking both coaches, I was like, are you going to think about that? And they gave a resounding no. And you can understand why. But there is some history between these two programs. You look overall, what were the two teams able to accomplish? The Tar Heels, 21-3, and national indoor champs. Beat Wake Forest without Blumberg. We talked about the drama then at the time, but that's just a data point. They then take doubles but lose 4-3 to Virginia in the ACC Championship. Played their first match with a full lineup since early in March against Oklahoma State. Was a 4-0 win, but they dropped three first sets. Cernok also dropped a set. Now they ended up riding the ship. Everything looked fine for them. That's the state of the Tar Heels. Of course, the big question, are they healthy? That was something Coach Paul stressed repeatedly, in my opinion. He just said, look, we need to be healthy. That's our biggest question. We've discussed that at length. You look on the flip side, Georgia Bulldogs here this season. 16-6 and six overall. Uh, they got hot towards the end of the SEC season. You look, they were able to beat Texas A&M, Kentucky, UCF. Uh, they also, you know, knocked good wins over Auburn and Alabama as well. Obviously, we know the gauntlet that was the SEC. They then got knocked up by an informed South Carolina, but 4-0 wins for them over East Tennessee State and Texas Tech. They've had health issues all along. They seem to have their full roster back for this NCAA round of 16 match. With that in mind, Maddie. I'll start with you. Tar Heels are the higher seed here, number six overall. What does a Tar Heel win look like? What are your thoughts on their you know, opening weekend of play, their level entering this match? Yeah, this is going to be an easy case for me to make about the Tar Heels, right? Remember, guys, it was only a few months ago that they were our number one preseason team on our list, right? <laughs> Top to bottom, we've said it all year long, when healthy, this North Carolina team is probably the most talented team in the country. No question. They're that good. And according to Coach Sam Paul, it seems like, you know, they're getting healthy if they're not totally there. It's just about there. And that's such a good sign for the Heels with a healthy lineup. Um, I mean, they can easily go all the way. I mean, again, you mentioned the doubles. They've actually been winning doubles points mm-hmm without their health, right? You mentioned the Virginia match that they lose, you know, in the ACC championship. They still take doubles there. They beat that Wake Forest team. For me, guys, if North Carolina takes doubles and they have a healthy lineup in there, I don't know if there's a team that's left in the field that can take four singles against these guys. With Will, with Rinky, with Ben, with Brian, go down the line. Josh Peck, Simon, everybody in there. If they win doubles, I don't know how you're taking four singles against those guys. I just don't. National Indoor Champs, you know, they didn't have the best ACC season, right? This is when they were a little bit in flux. They had guys out with injury. But I think right now, which is when you want to be playing your best tennis, you want to be healthy. Based on what I saw last week, 
when they were in Chapel Hill, they played uh, Presbyterian, they played Oklahoma State. I think these guys are healthy now, and I think they roll into Orlando and and, and take out Georgia. I think they do. I'm confident. Yeah, 21-3 and three overall. Those three losses all since the National Indoors, they lost. Uh, to Wake Forest at home, they avenged that loss. They lost to Virginia twice. Virginia's the number five overall seed in this event. And, you know, to your point, when they haven't had Will, when they haven't had Rinky, it was, you know, the pairing of, I think it was uh, Peck and Seguin. They were undefeated when needed, 4-0 at three doubles. And when Cernok played with Murphy there, when there was no Will, they managed to get a couple of victories at two doubles. And, you know, Mac and Simon are, have struggled by their standards, 9-5 and five at two doubles, good, not great, but we know what they're capable of. And then Will and Brian, on their de- best day, are the best doubles team in the country, 13-3 and three overall. Now, you know, singles matches, they have six losses across the board. Each of their flights have lost six. There's, uh, you know, ascending wins from 12 to 17. Pretty steady across the board, but <clears throat> you look at the UTR, you know, uh, the big favorite, Cernok, 0.4 over Kreuter of Georgia at 4, Peck, 0.38. That's an interesting one at 5. You also have Rinky, 0.5 over Zink, and then Will, 0.18 over Bride. You know, Will hasn't been healthy. Trent hasn't been healthy either, but we know what both of those guys are capable of. You know, just to put the finishing touch on it before we bring in you, Chris, I want to ask Maddie, match calculus, Tar Heels, what's it look like? Against Georgia specifically? Yeah, against the against I the mean, dogs specifically. I think it's going to be primarily down low. I'd mm-hmm. say win dubs. I think Brian gets the win at four. Uh, probably Simon at six. And then one of the top three, I'll go Rinky. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's that's a match. Calculus. I like those four points right there. Give me Dubs, give me Rinky, give me Brian, give me Simon. Yeah, that's a good match number. Now again, flip side, Chris, this Georgia team they battled SEC sixteen and six overall. As I mentioned, they've been pretty good everywhere as well. Uh, what's it look like? You know, if the Bulldogs do it, first of all, t- what are their strengths? What's it going to take for them to pull off the upset? Yeah, I think they're going to. I mean. Clearly, they need to play a good doubles point and take doubles. Like Maddie said, try, if you're going to give North Carolina the doubles point, you're going to have a heck of a time trying to win four singles matches against them. That being said, Maddie also threw in the appropriate uh, if, and that is if North Carolina is healthy, right? So clearly, Georgia wants to win because they win, not because North Carolina loses because they're hurt. But hell, they're going to take it either way. So hopefully North Carolina is healthy. And if we get two healthy teams against each other, the path for Georgia is rough. It's going it, to, it's gonna, not going to be easy. They're going to have to take doubles. You know, unfortunately, I think for Georgia, it's not a great matchup because the spots where you want to take advantage, if, if you're capable of North Carolina are five and six. I mean, you kind of want to go after Peck and Sondergaard. Five has been the weakest spot in the Georgia lineup. Now, Billy Rowe is going to play, you know, 75% of his matches in three sets. Uh, (laughs) And now the question is, can he come away with one? Can he steal one against Peck? He might be able to. He didn't finish super strong during the year. So I don't have a great feeling that they sneak that point. And then at six, Gravilius and Sondergaard, I feel like we're going to see like, I I think in the end, we're going to see whoever gets to the net first wins like both guys will end up trying to push their way in and whoever's able to dictate and make their way in 
probably ends up winning the match. Uh, and that's and it's another tough matchup, I think, uh, for Georgia. They would probably rather have Gravilius dictating his way and getting in against a baseliner that maybe couldn't handle it so well. And that's not Sondergaard. So and quickly I, to add some numbers to your point, Chris, Billy Rowe, 8-4, and four, the Bulldogs 11-9 and nine overall, though, at that five singles position. You know, they're 12-4 and four at six, and Gravilius is 7-3. and three. But to your point, Billy Rowe, 6-4 and four in his last 10. Now, Gravilius, 5-3. and three. Both of those numbers, good, not great. And, you know, to your point, Chris, you do, to beat the Tar Heels, 5-6 and six are the ones you circle. Yeah, that's key. And so so once you get past that, you go, all right, we got doubles. If you're Georgia, I, I don't know that you're expecting to try to get both of those. You got to think, okay, doubles, and we and we try to get – you try you got to try to get them both. I, but I don't know how – it's just going to be tough. And now you go to the top, and look, Blumberg hasn't been great this year. We know what he's capable of when he's on, right? But he hasn't been great, and Bride's capable of being good when he's healthy – he hasn't been on either, right? He's what? I mean, he's probably like 500 on the year or something. Um, I mean, it's it's close. So I, that's a match, though, that I think the, getting Rinky out, I think, is going to be really tough. Seguin's not been stellar this year. That's a spot, if you're Georgia, you probably have to go, look, Henning's played a lot of three-set matches. Hasn't been, you know, some of the third sets, you know, a blank against Monday, uh, you know, they, they haven't been awesome. But, you know, if you're capable of making it that kind of match, anything can happen. So I think Georgia looks – I think they've got to look and go, look, we got to take – we we got to figure out a way to beat to beat Seguin at three. We got to get one of five or six. We got to get dubs. I don't see them taking four uh, over Cernak. I think the other one comes as it's probably – and not against Frankie. It's a toss-up of, hey, we either – Either Bride finds a way to beat Will, or we get the other of five or six. And I think that's I think that's the calculus for them is doubles, uh, you know, three, and then either both five and six or one of five and six and beat Will. Yeah, that's a good number. And to your point, Henning. 13 and 6 overall in the dual season, 11 and 4 at 3, 8 and 2 in his last 10. I agree with you. I think that's a swing match. That three singles if Seguin wins, really tough for Georgia. If Henning wins, you're alive probably. And so, with that in mind, prediction time. UNC Georgia, start with you, Maddie. Who you got? Yeah, I've I've got the heels. Look, I I want this to be a good match. I Georgia you know, they've historically, they're such a great program, right? I mean, this is ACC versus SEC. I think it has the potential to be somewhat interesting, but at the end of the day, I I cannot pick against North Carolina, especially because last weekend we saw a full lineup, you know, what we've been wanting to see for, for a long time. So I'm going to go in under the assumption that we see the same lineup from last weekend, a healthy North Carolina I will take the Tar Heels. It's a fair pick, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I'm the SEC guy, but uh, <laughs> there's just too much too much talent on that North Carolina roster that I think, you know, I I, I think it's North Carolina's to win or lose. I mean, if they're going to play their match, uh, you know, those those guys are just they're super talented. It's going to be really tough for Georgia to knock them off. I'm with Maddie. Oh, for I mean. For every one of these matches, I want super competitive. I want four, three matches across the board everywhere. But uh, I just don't. I I don't see it happening here. I think North Carolina gets out of there without too much harm. You guys want to guess how many minutes we did on our first one? 
12. Damn, Chris. We literally did 11.45. So Price oh. is Right. So the problem is we do Price is Right rules here, as you know, and so you're over, so you oh. lose. Dun, I'm out. Dun, 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 <laughs> Uh, um, but introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Now, again, I, it's, it's fair. It's going to be a really fun match, certainly. But we were talking about this pre-hit uh, record. The match, I think, post-coach interviews, we're all sneakily most excited for. Tennessee-Arizona, which is your other 10 o'clock match. Tennessee, the top seed playing at this time, the number three seed overall, taking on an Arizona team that, of course, 4-3 win over Michigan. They then knock off host Kentucky, I believe, 4-2 as well. Uh, you look for the Wildcats and what they were able to do this season. The big win over USC, the headliner, but 21-7 overall. Uh, as I mentioned, it was a fantastic kickoff weekend for them. You look at the strengths in their lineup. Gustav Strom, 18-3 overall as a freshman in his uh, first year on the job. He's done that in the top half of the lineup, of course. We've also seen a big year from guys like Phil Melbosic, who stepped up into the top three. A guy like, you know, know, uh, Carlos Hassey, 14-7 and seven overall on the year. And look, the team dropped doubles against Michigan, won the match. They take doubles against Kentucky, defend their home turf, uh, defend from there. They're able to get the job done in a bunch of different fashions, of course. So is their opponent. And their opponent is perhaps the story of, well, they probably split it with Illinois. Two most surprising teams to see have this degree of success. Tennessee Volunteers, who were the MVPs of the kickoff weekend, you know, when they started things and they, you know, beat TCU, beat Texas, play North Carolina really close. They're 26-3 and overall. They're three losses. That North Carolina match, a loss to Florida in the regular season, which they avenged in the SEC championship, and a loss at Arkansas, which happens to the best of us. Now, of course, they've got their own superstar freshman in Johannes Monday. He'll be at the two position. Their doubles point, they've been so good at all season. I believe they've only dropped it four times on the year. And, you know, we know the faces. Harper, Wiedemann, Hussey, Prada. You know what you're going to get from this Tennessee team. A lot of veterans across the board in this match. Matty, excuse me, you were the one who kicked off the conversation i very much agreed with you as always this is a fun one but why is tennessee the team to beat here well yeah and again look we're talking about the sec champs right guys this tennessee's been a top five team all year long really since kickoff weekend when they went on the road to nc state they got through that region and i remember look i picked nc state i know chris was on was on the vols there gruskin i think me and you were on the wolf pack mm-hmm. but it all started back then and we just we didn't know how good monday was really going to be as a freshman he's been outstanding this team has a nice mix of experience, some youth, some guys kind of in the middle, um, and they played a tough schedule, right? They're coming out of the SEC. They made it through that rigorous schedule. Um, I think they're healthy. They play great dubs, which to me is always very important this time of year. Um, They just, they have the ingredients to win 
at every single position. That's why this team has been so good. And looking back on it now, I think we knew that like coming into the season, we knew they were going to be a solid team, pretty good upper echelon SEC squad. But man, I mean, if we're being honest, them in Florida, I mean, they were the two by far best SEC schools this year. So I am very confident in the Vols. I think they can make a deep run. Yeah, I I mean, Prada's win, and I asked Coach Woodruff this question, Prada's win in the SEC tournament can't state enough. To see your team rush the court and then realize, oh, nope, that's not the case, and then have that player lose that match and to be able to block all of that out, come back and beat a guy in Andy Andrade who's a damn good player, that speaks to the strength of this Tennessee team. And, yeah, they do it in so many different ways. Wiedemann, stud, that studliness continued in his ascent to number four singles. You never want to play Adam Walton. It's never going to be an easy out in Prada, Hussey, Rogers, whomever they play at six, uh, Harper. They can all play. Flip side here, Chris, one through six. Oh, oh, Maddie, I like it. I got to give my match calculus. Oh, right? oh you're correct. I pre- See, I never stick to the rules. Um, but yeah. I thought hit, you were going to come back to me here. So match me cal- match calculus. So Tennessee, Arizona, I think for sure doubles. In my opinion, that's where Arizona is weakest in doubles. They're fantastic in singles. So I think this is a doubles point that I would heavily favor Tennessee. And once they get that, I'm looking at courts two, three, and four. Monday, Prada, Wiedemann. I think court one could be an absolute battle. Walton and Strom, that might not even finish. But I may even lean towards Gustav Strom if I have to pick a winner there. So for the Vols, I think you look really hard at courts two, three, and four in singles. You win the dubs, there's your four. There you go. Sure, and the counter would be Hassi and Rangot, 9-3 and three at two doubles. Whenever you have Gustav Strom, a player of his caliber, at three doubles, you can hang. And, you know, Arizona's been good, not great, in doubles. But, Chris, you imagine the flip side. If Arizona's going to pull off the upset, it's going to be because of their depth in singles. And Herman, not Erman, Herman, double H, as we call him, one and one on the weekend uh, in the Kentucky in the kickoff, I should say, and you know, Coach Shields spoke very confidently about him. If Arizona's going to do it, how is it? What's it going to look like? Yeah, again, much like the last match, a tough one to to find that path for Arizona if they don't take doubles. And like Maddie said, you have to make Tennessee the favorite in doubles. Arizona's not been super strong in doubles. Tennessee's been really good in doubles, so. I'm going to go and say, let, let's try to let's try to draw the calculus if we lose the doubles point and we're Arizona. I think for, from an Arizona standpoint, you're not done if you lose doubles. You're, I don't see – you're certainly looking at it going two's, two's not our match. Uh, you know, Monday versus Zevert. Zevert's, you know, maybe 500-ish on the year. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of one, played a lot of two. Ten and um, nine but, overall, just so you know. Okay. Yeah. Not, not the best matchup for them. <clears throat> and I don't think four is a really great matchup for them. Granted, Hoyerall missed a lot of it. I mean, most of the year, right? He was in a boot, whatnot for the year, just coming back. But that's the, that's the strong point for Tennessee and Wiedemann. So I think two and four look rough. So I'm, I think you're basically looking at it going, Hey, one, three, five, and six. We're deep. We can play them at five and six. Swap strong Michigan in straight play- sets at, at five and six. Yeah, Strom can play Walton to a heads-up match. Sure, that's a, I mean that's a pick'em, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
Uh, and then you go to and then you go to three Prada, probably the spot. I mean, for all teams, if you're trying to beat Tennessee, that's a spot you got to look at and go, we need to beat that guy at three. I mean, the Tennessee is deep, just like Arizona is. It's going to be tough. Monday is very difficult. You probably got to go after after Prada. So, yeah, I think if you're Arizona, you're going, hey, one, three, five, and six, that's our spots. If we get doubles, then we need to find three of those four. But I think that's the calculus for Arizona. And why this match is so intriguing, that's a really tough calculus, but it's not impossible. Like, I I think it's in the realm of possibility. Maddie, you're shaking your head. I, I do. I really think the more that I think about this, I look, I just made the case for Tennessee, and I am confident mm-hmm. in the Vols, but Arizona, I continue to be impressed with what they've done. They go to Kentucky, right? They mm-hmm. fly across the country. It's not easy to play. And they beat two really quality teams in Michigan and Kentucky to get to this point. That we got to take note of that, guys. Like that, that's nothing to sneeze at. These guys are so good in singles that if they do drop that dubs point, they're not gonna blink. They're gonna be perfectly fine knowing that they can win four singles matches. I think this match could potentially be upset alert. Gruskin, I'm sure you're gonna ask me for my pick in a second here. Mm-hmm. In fact, I will just throw out UTR-wise, Tennessee favored everywhere, but it's .02 at number one singles, .07 at number three. Maddie, we'll start with you. Give me the pick. Look, I do think it's upset alert. I think this can be a very, very competitive match. I'm looking forward to it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to pick the Vols. I just, they played in the SEC. They're the SEC champs. They have... They're battle-tested. Not that Arizona isn't, but I just think the difference in the doubles, right? I just I favor Tennessee in the doubles pretty heavily. And at this stage of the season, it's such a big advantage. I do believe Tennessee will find a way to get three singles matches and win the duel. Chris? Yeah, I can't I can't get away from Tennessee here, but I will say if if Arizona can find a way to what I would call steal that doubles point. I mean, that Tennessee is scary. Is clear, yeah, t- clearly Tennessee is going to be the favorite. But look, Kentucky had to be the favorite too. Kentucky at home played good doubles. Their one doubles team in, in Bourgeois and Diallo, who just, I mean, both of them hit bombs for serves. And then you got Draxel and Hurry on it too. That was a tough out that Arizona, you know, that Arizona had to get by. If they can, if they can manage to to get by another team like that, then then it's possible. But look, I I think Tennessee is going to get the doubles point, and it's going to be just too much to try to get three or four singles matches against that lineup. They are they are very very close, right up and down the lineup. Uh, but I think in the end, like I said, two and four for me just have to be heavily favored to the Tennessee side. So if you lose doubles. And I be- really believe in two and four for Tennessee. That means Arizona's got to win the other four, and they could. But when it's when you're down to four matches and you have to win them all, obviously not a not a great opportunity. So I'll I'll, I'll take the Vols, but I, I think it has the making of a, a really good match. Mm-hmm. I agree. And by the way, ten and a half minutes. We're getting better and better as we go as well. Let's move on to the next one. We're going to go over on time, but. This is arguably the match of the day. It is a 1 o'clock start now, the matches we are talking about, and it is a battle between number 7 seed 
And an unseeded team, but a team we know is always going to be in the mix. Of course, I am referring to the unseeded Ohio State Buckeyes, who went down to Winston-Salem, got a little revenge themselves for that 2018 final. They knock off the Demon Deacons 4-1 in... I think what we all agreed at the time was their most impressive performance of the season. The Buckeyes 22-3 and overall. Their losses 4-3 at Michigan, 4-3 in the Big Ten Tournament to uh, Illinois, and then, of course, early season loss to what we now know is a fantastic Virginia team, 4-2. Of course, we, we talked about it already. Boulay and Trotter at one doubles. Cash McNally, two. It looks like it's going to be Kingsley and Tracy at three doubles moving forward, but he'll continue to play around. Uh, Let's start with the opposite side here this time. Uh, Let's start with you, Chris. For the Buckeyes, A, are they even an underdog? Because according to UTR, you look at this matchup, Buckeyes a 79.58 power six with their starters. TCU a 79.41 you know, these programs are two programs that are always in the mix around this time. In your mind, who's the favorite, but then make the case for the Buckeyes? Well, I mean, we can get to who's the favorite or whatnot, when we, I guess, when we get to make our picks. But um, you want me to make my case for the Buckeyes? It's not a, it's not a hard case mm-hmm. to make, right? I mean, look, we I don't know how to – let's call a spade a spade. we got to stack in doubles, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Cash and McNally are two doubles. That's a match you have to win. You do that. You do that with the intention of winning two doubles and then saying, hey, I still like my one team and I like three. I can get one of those. Uh, TCU hasn't been great. I mean, they're okay. I'm not looking at records, but I, well, you tell me, Gruskin, what's TCU in doubles? They, so probably TCU not- quickly, 12-9 and nine at the number one position, but we know Famba Gray, that's a tiebreaker. They're 11-6 and six at two. Jong and Paralek have been very good. 13-8 and eight at three, and they've used, I'm looking here, just nine different teams. That's been the struggle, and I think you're right. For, the, you know, it's strength on strength, but, you know, TCU, they've been fine. Good, not great. Yeah, and, and obviously... You're giving me like slightly better than 500, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, six, 600 to six to 700 winning percentage. And we, and everybody plays there a, a few cupcakes in there. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, 500 against good teams, maybe I, yeah, it's not great. I, I think in my mind, I say Ohio state probably should come in as the favorite in doubles. And then we get, and then we got to get to the singles okay, Kingsley at two is going to be favored no matter who he's playing, right? I mean, that's, again, we, we got we got the lineup situation going on. So Kingsley at two, favored. I don't you can call McNally and Gray, I'll give you the fact that Gray is going to be a slight favorite there, but that's obviously, I mean, McNally can beat anybody if he has a good day, right? I mean, he's very capable, but I'll give you that, that Gray is the favorite. Uh, King, Kingsley at two, Trotter has been playing unbelievable. That's a match I really want to see. Trotter and Jong. I mean, that's, that's the swing match. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, that's that's a tremendous match. I don't even know that Ohio State has to win it, mm-hmm. but I think TCU does mm-hmm. uh, because I think Ohio State it's tipping probably, point. It's the tipping point for them. Yeah, if if I say Ohio State's got dubs and I say Ohio State's got two, I'm also going to go five six Ohio State with if. If we see the lineup as listed, which is C-League Tracy at 5-6, and we don't pull Boulay at 4. If that's the case, I'll say, I'll I'll give the advantage at 4 to TCU, 
and then five and six, I got to go Ohio State. So uh, I would, I think in that, at, at that case, Ohio State's got to feel really good uh, about their chances. And I think that's their calculus. That's the, that's the match for them is, hey, two, five, six and dubs, or it's two, five, six and find, you know, one of the other ones if we don't get dubs. But, and that's going to be the case, not just against TCU, but probably against every, every match they play if they should manage to beat TCU, any match they play for the rest of the tournament, it's going to be the same calculus. Yeah, it's worth noting, J.J. Tracy, 23-1 and overall in the year. Cannon Kingsley, yeah, he struggled a little bit in Winston-Salem. He's still 21-0 and overall in the year. He's playing two singles, as you mentioned. You like him in every match, but... You know, again, yes, the Buckeyes are 22-3. and three. Yes, the numbers for them are a little bit gaudier than the ones for TCU. But this 18-7 and seven TCU team, Maddie, they've played everyone. They've seen everything. They may have the best win of the season in going to Baylor, beating them indoors after dropping the doubles point. You're not counting this team out, despite as easy and good of a case as Chris just made. Yeah, no chance. If you count TCU out of this match, you're done. Ohio yeah. State, I know they won't be counting them out. There is no chance. Coach Roditi is going to have the, the Frogs prepa- uh, prepared. And they just haven't been healthy all season, guys. This Frogs team has dealt with injury issues. We didn't see Jake Fernley for a majority of the year. Juan Martin has been in and out. Tomas Jirasek has been in and out of the lineup. I mean, they have not been healthy, but right now they are. This is going to be their full lineup that's ready to go. It all started at the Big 12 tournament, and they almost beat Baylor. I mean, they were this close. So quickly, to- just to add to that, you saw that match. It was How well did TCU play? Because they were right there, right? Absolutely, they were right there. And that's why I've seen this team up close and personal. I know exactly what they bring to the table. And now that they've got their full complement of players, they are so solid Mm -hmm. one through six. You look at every position and go, man, if their opponent isn't playing their best tennis, and look, I know we're going to favor a C-League at five and a J.J. Tracy at six, but I'm telling you guys, if they don't play their best, if they show up and they're mediocre – they lose. TCU is that good. They played a tough schedule. They've gone on the road all year. They've already been to Florida. They played Florida, so they know what the conditions are going to be like. They're healthy now. This is a scary team. It really is. They're a young team overall, but they've got good leadership with Alistair Gray leading the way up there. Um, I mean, TCU can make some serious noise. I really think they can. Give me the calculus. Calculus is going to be simple. One, three, and four, in my opinion, in singles, mm-hmm. TCU can win courts one, three, and four. And for the now, record, that's Gray, Jong, and I believe Fernley. That's exactly yeah. right. So that's where I'm looking at it for, for TCU going, okay, I, I like this. Mm-hmm. Now the dubs is, I, I really think the doubles point is so, so important in this match that literally could be the tipping point right there. Just a flip of a coin. If TCU can find a way to win court one, I think they can. Famba and Gray, these guys are fantastic. I think they're ranked two in the country, for God's mm-hmm. sake, right now. They can beat anybody. In court three, I will say this, Gruskin. You mentioned they've played nine different combinations, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. Look, <laughs> they've been hurt. They've mm-hmm. been injured. Now they've finally settled on Burtis Kruger and mm-hmm. Jake Fernley at that number three position. 
I watched them come into Waco and actually take out Charlie Broom and Finn Bass when TCU played in the Big 12 mm-hmm. um, against Baylor. They looked really, really good. So I could see a scenario, guys, where Cash and McNally get the win, but courts one and three doubles go to TCU, and then Gray, Jong, Fernley win. There's your four points. That could easily happen here. Nobody should be sleeping on the Frogs. So with that in mind, then, let's go with the picks, and I'll start with you, Chris, who you got in this one. Man. Yeah, this is this is why I could not be happier to be broadcasting this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting out of making these picks. Look, By the way, yeah. if you do them in 20 seconds, we hit the nine-minute mark. Yeah, that's But not don't rush happen. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of the this probably this will not be the first I'm sure of the matches where I probably go I want X to win but I'm picking Y, right? And I'm not making any bones about it. There's, you know, I love Dave Roditi. I love TCU. Go Frogs. I just can't do it. I got to take Ohio State. I mean, and I'm not, and I'm the Big Ten hater, right? I mean, I don't know, Justin, you've been rubbing off on me or something. I don't know. But, but well, if we but share yeah, that King just, bet in Orlando, I will be rubbing off. They, they haven't played, you know, they haven't had the tests from outside the conference. The best tests we've been able to see are Michigan and Illinois. But I, I know what individually all of those guys in the singles lineup are capable of and like maddie said can tcu go dubs and then get one three four absolutely they can but i look at it and go that's how they have to do it so am i gonna bet that that you know am i gonna am i gonna lay even money that that happens no i'm gonna take my chances uh if i'm ohio state and say we either get dubs and then they have to get those plus another singles match or it's over or heck, they don't even get all of that. But yeah, I think just there's too many matches to me that seem to just kind of swing a little bit in the Ohio State favor. I gotta go. I gotta go with the Buckeyes, Maddie. Chris, I agree with you. Um, and I again, I apologize, Coach Roditi. I know you hate me, um, and it's nothing personal. <laughs> I I always I always Maddie do has this. Never picked them. I know, and I'm conscious of it. Like, you guys know that I know this, but in in my gut, in my gut, I just feel like, I feel like Ohio State's going to find a way to win this. I think it's going to be a 4-3 match, and I just kind of made the case for how TCU could win dubs, but I do think that ultimately this comes down to dubs, and I, I do think the Buckeyes will win the doubles point, and then they split the singles. So I think it's going to be a 4-3 match, but I am leaning slightly Ohio State. I'm the Big 12 guy. Look, I, my bias, you know, I would I would love to pick TCU here, but my gut is telling me that the Buckeyes find a way to get it done. That's all I can say. I could T- be totally wrong, and then I will owe Coach Roditi an apology. I already owe him like six apologies, so <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Maybe we'll be adding another one to the list, but for now, in this moment, uh, I'm going to roll Ohio State. Yeah, again, I'm trying not to input too much because you guys are covering it all so well. TCU's so good. Their depth. We saw they them are. bounce back Chris year, uh, last year, Chris, when they lost their first match at indoors and then just steamrolled their way through. And you never want to sleep on them because that's when they're most dangerous. But these Buckeyes are damn good. 
And this is not your not your father's round of 16 match. This is a high-level match. Roditi's like, we are the top seed here. We're the first time Maddie's picked an upset all season. But, no, I mean, I, look, I can't disagree with either of your logic. I think this match is 4-3, one way or the other. And I think that's something all of us agree on. So, certainly, that's going to be some exciting tennis. Let's move on to our next one. Not trying to be rude. Don't think we're going to use the full eight minutes here. Number two, Baylor. We've sung their praise all season long. I mean, yes, they're, you know, 31 and four. All of their flights are good, uh, except for three singles where they're just fine. You know, 19 and 10 at three singles. If that's your worst flight, you're doing something well. They're 31 and two at five, 28 and three at six. They seem to finally have the doubles pairings clicking on all cylinders. Now, they're going to get stressed in doubles because Ole Miss can play some doubles. And you could argue the best doubles team in the nation is the 15 and three duo of San Cullen and Reynolds. 13 and 10 overall in the year for Ole Miss. Obviously, played a heavy S. SEC schedule, uh, I believe, uh, Coach uh, uh, Coach Toby. I'm just, you know, again, I've I blanked out on every name here. Um, he mentions, he th- you know, they played as tough a schedule as he thinks they played the toughest schedule in the country. We can debate the merits of that if you guys want. I almost called him Toby Simon, Chris. Shout out to Tobias Simon. That's a that's a deep cut that Chris will. Understand. I mean, if he could hit the ball that hard, I'd give him props too. Hanson, right? It's Hanson, Toby Hanson. Toby Hanson. Yeah. yeah sorry, I, I didn't look it up. I just my brain was broken. Um, but one guy's on a scooter, the other one's rocking like 900 miles an hour forehand yeah but, exactly. same person but no i mean <laughs> look i guess we'll start with you here chris and then we'll let maddie sing the praises of baylor if old miss is to do it what's it look like yeah look, this is a ridiculously hard case to make this is probably one of it when i won't even say one of when you look at all of the first round matches you know if you're playing your old nfl uh you know pool where you got to pick one team a week and you're allowed to pick one and then you can't use them again. This is the week you pick Baylor, right? I mean, that's the match in the first round that you go, <laughs> that's the team I'm taking and fine. No, you, I, first you know. of all, you never use a team like that that early. You never <laughs> use Baylor that early. You'd be like, give me A&M now. Like, cause just kidding. That was a little dig at you. Um, yeah, I'm not, that's yeah, not yeah. a pick. That's not a pick. That was a dig at Chris. Carry on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a tough case to make. But as you said, for sure, in that match calculus for Ole Miss, doubles is an absolute must. And and as you also mentioned, getting the win at three is an absolute must. So you have to win doubles. You have to win three. And now where do we go? Look, we're not beating Charlie Broom at five. It's just, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. I don't even see beating Spencer at six. And we've said all year, if you're going to beat Baylor somewhere, you know, the, the success is basically doubles one, two, three. And if you fail in one of them, you got to find one more, but basically three of those four, you got to have, I don't think it changes here with the fact that it's old miss. They, they got to get doubles. They got to get three. Now, where are the other two going to come from? Ah, it's a, it's a tough case to make. I mean, between, Reynolds and San Cullen at one and two, they could, you know, they can shoot for a split and then, and then try to get the match at four. Honestly, I think that's their best chance is try to get three, four dubs and split one and two. I don't see them getting five and six. Baylor's just too strong down low mm-hmm. uh, to get that. So I think that's the match. 
I think that's the calculus for Ole Miss is dubs three, four split the top two. Uh, and you know, that mm-hmm. that's it. I don't, no. I don't see any other path. Worth noting, they did take dubs four, five, six over to Lane, which, as we talked about at the time, was the recipe to beat them. Obviously, Baylor, a completely different test. Maddie, you can get right into match calculus. You can get right into your prediction. How confident are you in this Baylor team heading into Orlando? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's funny, guys, because you know, throughout this entire year, I've called them out when they've needed to be mm-hmm. called out. I didn't have them always in my top three, four of my rankings each week that we did this, but now they're really starting to find it. I think Baylor is playing their best tennis right now. They're healthy. They're clicking on all cylinders. The dubs looks great. Everybody in singles is contributing now. I mean, look, I don't even know what the calculus is because it could literally come from anywhere. This could be anybody's match, but I do think Baylor will win dubs. You know, for Ole Miss, they are, they're very good in doubles, but Baylor now is playing the best that they've played all season long in doubles. They are looking so good. So I'll take Baylor in doubles. I think you take your chance and it could come from any of the three flights. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be two of them. Um, So yeah, this is a tough matchup for Ole Miss. They're dangerous SEC team. They played a ton of good matches this year. They've played teams tight. They've beaten some teams. So you have to be prepared. Uh, They're dangerous, but overall, I just think Baylor right now, I mean, they're on a mission, guys. I'm just telling you, like, all of the bulletin board material, they've hung this stuff up in their locker room Mm -hmm. all year long. They've been playing to get to this point. I don't think it ends on Monday. I don't. I'll take Baylor. Mm -hmm. And scoreboard? 4-0, 4-1. 4-0, 4-1. What are you thinking? Um, I will go 4-0. All right. That's a bold pick, Chris. Yeah, I I think Old Miss will find – they'll hope – probably find a point, and I think maybe dubs. But, it's again, that's a that's a toss-up to me in dubs. But, yeah, it's Baylor's probably going to find a couple quick singles points. Um, just, and you, like Maddie said, I don't even know where I can't say, Oh, for sure. It's going to be five and six. No, it could be anywhere. They're just so good that, you know, a couple of those guys will be on and they'll find a couple quick. Um, and so we could be looking at if they, do, if they win the dubs, we could be looking at like a three Oh match in the first, you know, hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes, uh, you know, or two hours. And then, Ole Miss is going to be up against the the wall. I'll st- I still think they'll find a point, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I th- I think a four one win in the in the way of Baylor, if not four zero, it's it's a rough a rough matchup for Ole Miss. Yeah, I would pick this one, but again, I may be on the call. Um, so thank you guys. No, yes, well said. All of the above should be a fun match. Let's move now to the afternoon slots. Four p.m. Seven p.m. We'll start with the fours. I say it every podcast, best rivalry in college tennis. I've said it before. We've got 24 hours of interviews. We're waiting to do this UVA-USC documentary. Obviously, there was a wrench thrown into it last season. We don't have to relitigate that. But whenever the Trojans play the Hoos, it means something in college tennis. And it's always exciting to see these two programs face off. We get that again. Virginia, the higher seed, number five seeds overall. They're 23-2 and two on the season, haven't lost since the national indoors. They're freshmen, Von der Schulenberg, the Doc Vaughn. By the way, I, you were, you listened to the podcast, Maddie, when I introduced Doc Vaughn to Pedroso. He was a fan. They also love Fombaum. 
Fom Bomb was a big hit. So we may shout out to the podcast as always. But, you know, Von der Schulenberg, 16 and 5. Montez, 17 and 4. Rodesh, 15 and 6. That's a core of a lineup that features Carl Soderlin up top and then veterans in the bottom in Getz and Gianni Ross. They come back from dropping a stand, uh, doubles point to beat Stanford 4 2 at home. This team is playing outstanding tennis. They're young, they're hungry, they don't know any better. It's a tough matchup, but. You know who's always a tough out in May? The USC Trojans. And look, Kooky Monster, Smith, all of these guys, they were national indoor champions. They know what it takes to do this over the course of a week. Kukerman's starting to play his best tennis, starting to look healthy. They win the Pac-12 tournament, play probably their best match of the season against Arizona State, certainly in singles. And, you know, 22-6 and six overall, Kooky, Smith, Dostinich, Fry. Westrate Sands, they have their six. Uh, you know, Jackson's going to be mixed in at three doubles. I look at the UTRs. I just want to start here before I bring you guys in. USC Power Six, 80.23. Virginia, 79.93. None of the six matchups, Sons, Dostinich, 0.47 over Rodesh, are outside of a 0.15 margin. You know, Virginia favored at the bottom. USC slightly favored at the top, but toss-ups across the board. This is the match I'm going to make a one prediction for. This is the match I'm going to throw in some analysis for at the end, but we'll start with you, Maddie. Make the case for the Who's. Well, you guys know I really like the Who's. I've had Virginia. I've had this team high in my rankings all year. They've thoroughly impressed me. I mean, they're freshmen. I did not know how good they were going to be. I mean, I I really did not. None of us did. We didn't know how these guys were going to be able to react in the collegiate environment. And now that we're in the postseason, some people may be going, oh, well, you know, they don't want to be relying on freshmen now that we get deeper in the tournament. Look, guys, they won the ACC. I mean, they won the regular season. They won the conference tournament. If they haven't folded to this point, I don't see any reason why they're going to fold under the pressure now. I just don't. I think it's a great mixture of guys like Soderlund and Getz who have been around for years now. And then you've got the contributions of the freshman. Gianni Ross is probably playing the best tennis of his entire season right now um, as we get deeper. And I don't think their doubles is as bad as maybe you think, Gruskin. I know you're not that high on, on Virginia's doubles. I think they're better than you think. I know they lost that doubles point to Stanford. That could have gone the other way. I think they're a little bit better than what people are are making them out to be. So for me, this is a team where if they win doubles, again, you're looking at six guys that can all win. If they lose doubles, so what? They've proven they just beat Stanford, you know, one of the most talented teams in the country, arguably, um, you know, winning four singles matches. So I think they can do it. I really like the Who's, um, and I, I do give them an edge in this match. You want my calculus? I'll give no, you the calculus. No, let's hold the calculus because I think this is a 4 3 and I think this is a match calculus all three of us can litigate together. But I do want to hear the flip side for Chris because let's circle back to 2020. This was Chris's team. I mean, 2019, he loved them more than he loved Trevor. And, like, this is, you know, this is, uh, he's got deep ties to the Trojans. And look, was it, Coach Macy would be the first to say we had a lot of breaks go against us this season, but the calluses have been built up. They're a veteran team. You know, no freshmen in the lineup, Sons, West Strait, but a lot, a lot of veterans, Chris. 
you know, again, it is a first round of 16 for all of these who's, uh, well, I guess, except Carl Ryan and Gianni soon. But for the core of their lineup, it's a first time on this stage. You know, yet we saw, sneakily, it was a one and two for them at the National Indoors, right? Like, yes, it's been a long season since then. I guess, I don't know why I'm talking the, uh, you know, reverse jinx is probably what Macy's thinking. He'll be like, oh, Gruskin, of course, he's going to try and talk down the who's. Um, But, you know, you know I'm a fan of this USC team. We all know what they're capable of. What does a win for them look like? I mean, first of all, I think it's got to start with doubles. Clearly, anybody playing Virginia, if you're gonna if you're gonna beat them, has to go. Look, they've been okay, above average, but not great at doubles. We are good at doubles. That's a point we have to win. So, I think it starts there. USC's got to come in and go, look, we got to take the doubles point. And, and, and that's one. Now let's look at the lineup. You brought up a very interesting point. We talked about this, I think on the last pod from like three down, both of these teams are, it's basically, I mean, you might as well just call them all freshmen, even though they're not all freshmen, you know, from three down, none of them have seen round of 16 type NCAA action, right? You're playing a bunch of freshmen on the Virginia side. You're playing, you know, Dostanich and Westrate who are freshmen and then Fry and Sands who weren't playing for USC previously. So we might as well call them freshmen from the playing standpoint uh, in the tournament. So yeah, it's a bunch of new guys playing down there. And so then we get into, so what's that top two look like? And even the top two, right? We got... I mean, the matchup of all matchups with Kuki and Soderland. I mean, that is a huge match. But then Riley and Dr. Vaughn. And first of all, Maddie, I got to say, I can't remember if it was you or if it was Gruskin. But for sure, this is one of those nicknames that this pod coined. So if we end up seven, eight, nine years from now, and Vonder Schulenberg is a name on the <laughs> ATP tour, and people are actually calling him Dr. Vaughn. We are going back <laughs> to you or Gruskin, whichever one of you coined it, and going, hey, that was made here, right? Right here when he was at Virginia, that's where Dr. Vaughn came from. And it's great. I mean, that has to stick with him for the rest of his tennis career. Let's be but, clear. It but, was Maddie. It was Maddie. It was Maddie. Okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that was a – I mean – but that's a great match between Riley and I've talked about this. Riley hasn't, hasn't been outstanding, hasn't been bad, but hasn't been what you want to see from Riley. And he knows that and he'll be the first guy to tell you he needs to step up. And I think that's, what's going to have to happen for USC. I I think USC needs to find doubles. They they've got to, they've got to win Steph over Rodash at three. That's a, that's a match. They got to circle and go, look, that's one we need. I think, I think we need that. So you take dubs, <clears throat> you take three, and then for them, I think basically you go, hey, let's split the top two. Whether we can get Kuki to beat Soderland or whether we can get Riley uh, to beat Dr. Vaughn, probably are not counting on both, but we got to get one of those. So let's get one of those, split the top two, take three, take dubs, and now all you got to do is grab one of those at the bottom, four, five, six, somewhere find it the guy that's been great to me this year has been west straight at five i mean he's been the guy that's been just super super solid and i 
you know, but it's a tough match. I mean, Montez has been super for Virginia at four. I think that's a really tough out for Fry. You got to favor Virginia there. Uh, that West that West rate gets match could be tight. And then Gianni, right? Gianni at six has been a guy that there's more, you know what he's done in the past. Maybe hasn't, you know, you, you expect him to be better than a six guy. So I think it's a, it's another tough out for Sands. I almost think you got to look at the freshman in West rate and go, look, to me, that's the best shot. I like my chances. You know, I think for USC, I go, Hey, let's grab five. Let's grab three. Let's split the top two. Let's take dubs. That's my, that's my calculus. Obviously there are other formulas, but that's the way I like it for USC. Maddie, that was a lot of Chris. Your thoughts? <sighs> Chris, Chris, Chris. That was uh, <laughs> that was somewhat convincing. I'll give you that. But but here's my. I, I've got a couple of calculi or cal whatever we're. No, calling that's it. it. Calculi. I got a couple of calculi. Okay. So for me and my who's, I guess. At, by the way, if <laughs> if that's how we're gonna roll here with my uh, my who's, I'm gonna say one formula. They do win the doubles, right? I'm not just going to give USC the doubles here. I know you're you're banking on that for the Trojans. I'm not just willing to give it up and say, you know, for sure USC takes dubs. I, I think they could. But in one of my formulas, I'll go Virginia sneaks out a dubs point, and then they roll four, five, and six, just like they did last weekend against Stanford. You got Montez. You got Getz. Your guy, Chris Gianni Ross, Coach Pedroso on the podcast, Gruskin knows when he interviewed him, said Gianni Ross will bleed on the court. This guy's the hardest worker on the team. He's going to die out there. He will literally die on the court. So I'm taking him at his word. I believe him when he says that. I think Gianni's playing as well as he has all season right now. I like the who's at four, five, and six. But guess what? Let's say they lose dubs. Let's say the Trojans take dubs. I'll keep my picks at four, five, and six, and I'm going to make the pick that Dr. Vaughn gets the win over Riley Smith at number two. How about that? Because you know what? The Cookerman-Soderland match, Carl Soderland could win that, but I'm not going to bank on it. It's so close that that match may go unfinished, right? For all we know, they could be playing deep in a third set. If Virginia loses the dubs point, I'm thinking four, five, and six, repeat of the Stanford match, and Dr. Vaughn is able to outlast Riley Smith in a third set. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, again, it's a fair match calculus, and UTRs are toss-ups. I will add this. This USC team, again, said it at the beginning. They're ready for this. Anyone who's selling them short, don't let that seed by them. This team is as good as anyone. They're the defending, you know, defending, excuse me. In their mind, they are still the defending national indoor champs. This is the squad that did that. So, you know, they're not going to let a team of freshmen led, you know, for, by Virginia upset them. That said, that's what Virginia's done to everyone this season. And, you know, again, to have a class like Rodesh, Montez, Van der Schulenberg perform the way they had to have veterans like Getz and Ross, upperclassmen at five and six, that's the sort of thing that makes a difference. And then if you're betting against Carl, that's just a really stupid bet to make. And, you know, again, doubles point, Dostinich and Fry have lost once. Smith and Kukerman are 17 and three. I think USC takes the doubles point. But this is the one match where I'm sorry, first sets and singles matter so much more than the doubles point. 
Whichever team gets four first sets, that's the team you like more because to have to come back in any of these matches on any of these courts, it's going to be such a slog. I'm expecting multiple three-set matches. I'm expecting a 4-3 decision. feel like we've broken it all down, so give me those picks, gentlemen. We'll start with you, Chris. And any response, by the way, you may have. Oh, man. Well, look, every— Everything says Virginia should be the favorite here. And I should probably be picking them. But, I mean, Coach Macy's my guy. We know it. <laughs> I, you know, even though, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I may have teams. But, God, I, I think it's more of a, I need, I feel the need to be vindicated for my previous picks with USC that they didn't hold up to that I have to take them yet again. And I'll just feel like I'll be able to hold it against coach Macy if he lets me down. (laughs) But that being said, yeah, I I don't, I honestly don't know how it's going to happen because I do, I can, I can draw more paths. I feel like for Virginia than I can for USC, but my gut is just telling me as coach Macy would tell, tell you and has told us that, Hey, Look, all those matches we lost, they're all 4-3 matches. We had match points in half of them. Like, we could, they could have easily been flipped. But, you know, yeah, if my mom uh, had a different body part, she'd be my dad. You didn't do it. Um, I still think, yeah, in the end, they, they'll come around. They'll, they'll find the way. They get dubs. They get, they get Steph at three, and they find a couple more somewhere. I'll take the Trojans 4-3. Maddie? Nope. Not for me. I'm going to roll Virginia here. Coach Macy, again, this is another guy that I know just hates my guts. I have to somehow avoid, I have to avoid Coach Macy and Coach Roditi when I'm in Orlando. Guys, if you see him, tell me to get the hell out of there. I'm running the other way because I know they're probably going to kill me. It's nothing personal. Coach Macy's an awesome dude. Like, I mean, I, I like him a lot. So it's nothing personal. I just, for me... Virginia has impressed so much throughout this entire season. I love what they've done. I I think they keep it rolling. I'm going to go with the Who's in a tight, tight match. I promise to pick. Let's hear it, Gruskin. God. I'm just, I'm literally weighing in my head who is more likely to give me over this. I mean, is this even a debate? We all know you're freaking picking Virginia. Come on. No, Just you didn't it. read the round table. I I read the round table. I read your text to me and Maddie saying yeah. I'm picking USC. And I'm telling you right now on the spot, you're cowering down and you're picking the who's. I mean, here's the thing. I'm on the Dostinich bandwagon since the beginning. So that's one. I think they're going to win doubles. So that's two. They're just not sweeping the bottom three. So that's three. And then it's a kooky Carl thing. And, like, if you don't have a weapon, how do you beat Daniel Kukerman? Like, like Carl's thing is he wears you down. You don't wear down the kooky monster. And, like, that's the match I keep coming back to in my head. Now, you don't wear down Carl Soderlund either. And the question works exactly the flip side. And who's got the bigger serve... I don't know. It's close. They both got big serves. I'll take Kuki. I am. I'm just going to go with Kuki. I'm going to stick with USC. I'm going to stick with the pick. Again, it's a win-win for me because if Virginia wins, 
Nice. If they don't, that sounds smart. So that's a win, Maddie. Any anything you you have a look on your face? No. If Virginia wins, you got it wrong. That's fine. That, that's, that's okay. It. You got it wrong. Ever heard of a reverse jinx? Hey, do what you got to do. We'll revisit this next week. We're all going to be together. We'll be back. We're going to revisit all these picks. I like it. I like it. Well, with that in mind, let's move on. And again, three to go here. We are very likely to eclipse that hour 30 mark. Let's get into our other four o'clock match. Texas versus South Carolina. Now, you know, numbers, Texas 22 and five, South Carolina 17 and nine. UTR numbers, Texas power six. 78.64 78.64 South Carolina power six 78.72 uh 72 78.72 Chris is it an, do we have an upset lingering I mean look you're asking the wrong guy because I want to say there's an upset lingering every time Texas <laughs> plays sure <laughs> right I mean this they're just it's just a four three match you put a you throw a decent team out there and it's a four three match and so far, Texas manages to keep winning those matches, right? But absolutely, this is a match that I think, you know, people that maybe that don't know these teams real well will go, oh, we get the four seed, the 13 seed. This should be, you know, this should be a no-brainer. Texas rolls on. No, I I, I would say not so quick. You better, you better look at this uh, a little closer. It's not going to be an easy match. Definitely an upset alert. I, mm-hmm. I like... You know, South Carolina, they they play some decent dubs. I, I don't think either team is spectacular in doubles, and that could, uh, as in any match we're talking about here, that could be that could be a swing. Um, you know, Texas has got the young guys uh, up top, but you know, with with Spaziri, Braswell, and Waldie. Uh, but then you got South Carolina with, you know, Daniel Rodriguez at the top, who's I don't even know what in the rankings as good or bad as they are. You know, what he was he was one to somewhere in the top 10. Right. Um, he's he's certainly capable of of winning at one. You've got a guy in Rafael Lambling that was a staple in the top three now down to four for South Carolina that you have to go, man, if this guy gets his game going, he was, he played two forever for South Carolina. He's been their number two guy uh, for some time. Heck uh, you know, when, when Jubby was there, I think he was, was two and Rodriguez was maybe three. And then all of a sudden Rodriguez came on and he became one and Lambling was two, but Lambling has been a two guy there forever. Him playing at four, you got to like your chances there. So, so yeah. Uh, it's definitely a tough a tough match for Texas. I will say five and six, not the strongest points for South Carolina. Not necessarily the strongest points for Texas either. So I think we've kind of got two teams that are really evenly matched up and down the lineup here in terms of they're stronger up top than they are, you know, relative to, to their competitors than they are down low but they're both the same kind of team. Neither one of them excels tremendously at doubles. Neither one horrible. It's just a dog fight at every single spot in this match. And it's, it's going to be an interesting one to see it play out. Mm-hmm. No, again, that's a convincing case. Maddie. make the flip side. Look guys, uh, again, Texas is a team that I've followed so closely this season and, and their doubles is better than you think. Again, 
Texas and Baylor have played four, just for some context here, Texas and Baylor have played four times. The doubles points have been split two to two. Texas can play dubs, and they've actually gotten better throughout the course of the season. Coach Bruce Burke talked about it with Gruskin. They had to settle on that third pairing, Peyton Holden coming in now to solidify that number three spot with Micah Braswell. Um, and Cleve and Chichi have stepped up their game at number two. Spazieri and Waldy been, have been great all year, so nothing's really changed with them. For me, when I look at this, I think Texas does win dubs. I think they can pull off that doubles point. While both teams may be, you know, average to slightly above average, if, if that's what we want to say, I do think Texas is a little bit better when it comes to doubles. I think they win that point. And for me in singles, courts two, three, and five. Uh, I look at Texas and go, okay, Micah Braswell, CM Waldeeb, and then you've got Dachichi at number five. I really like those three guys against South Carolina. I'll give Chris Rodriguez at one. That's okay. <laughs> Lambling at four. Okay. But I'll take two. I'll take three. I'll take five. And you know what? Maybe even six goes to South Carolina, but I think that could be a toss-up. This could be a close match. Maybe it does come down to the dubs point. Like Chris said, and this flips 4-3 South Carolina, I I don't think it's going to happen. Sounds like you're ready to give a pick, by I'll the way. I'll give my pick. Yeah, I'll give my pick. I'm taking Texas. I do think they're going to pull it off, but it's going to be a challenge. South Carolina is, again, another one of these SEC teams, like an Ole Miss, like a Mississippi State, you know, all these teams that we're going to be talking about that have played such tough schedules. They've gone through everything to get to this point. South Carolina is not just going to roll over. I think they make this very competitive. At the end of the day, I think Texas gets through in a close match. Chris, what's your pick? Yeah, you know, as much as I <laughs> want to pick South Carolina, I, I'm I'm with Maddie. I think it's a it's a tight, tight match. It's one of those they play ten times. It's probably six four maybe seven three but i think there's just two there's too many pathways for texas that are a little tougher with south carolina it's the south carolina weakness at five and six is what's really getting me i think it it creates more opportunities for texas to find a path to four so i gotta take texas yeah again it it should be a really really good match uh it always helps, you know, yes, Texas is very, very young, and it's worth remembering that, that Chi Chi Huang, one of two players with national championship experience, but for everyone else, pretty sure it's their first NCAA tournament, and that's worth keeping in mind. The South Carolina team has seen some things, uh, so certainly we should expect a very, very good match, but with that in mind, we get to the 7 p.m.s. And one could argue, despite being a 1 versus 16 seed, that this is the matchup that we're all most looking forward to. Number one seed uh, Florida taking on number 16 seed Illinois. The Illini have lost two matches all season long. They lost to Baylor. They lost at home to Ohio State. They've since avenged that loss to Ohio State for the Gators. Two losses themselves. A loss early in the season to Texas that has certainly appreciated in value of late. And then a late season loss in the uh, SEC. There we go tournament final to Tennessee. Now, talking to Coach Shelton, he said that was the best possible thing that could have happened. Recenter the troops, refocus, heading into this NCAA event. They're going to need to refocus as they take on an Illini team, Maddie. that I think it's safe to say they've proven it to all of us. They are this good. 
what's it going to take from the Gators? You know, match calculus, your thoughts on how they look even, because the doubles, of course, for them, they've played with new doubles teams. That's a thing. But this team is, there's a reason they're the number one seed. Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason. And guys, Florida's been really throughout the majority of this season, number one in the rankings. I think we can all agree that they were probably the hottest team, the best team in the country from the period after the national indoors, almost up until they lost to Tennessee in the finals of the SEC, right? So, I mean, we're talking months, months, they didn't lose a match and they were the best team in the country. We know that. So, you know, their doubles, it's funny. Coach Shelton doesn't seem to care one bit about doubles. The way that he was talking to Gruskin, he's like, dubs? What are you talking about? We're winning four singles no matter what. I don't care about dubs. We can lose dubs any anytime. Um, so I do think that is a bit of a weak spot for them. But, I mean, you look up and down the lineup, right? Their depth. I mean, guys like Bicknell and Goodger haven't lost. They're undefeated. So you're basically going to pencil them in for wins. Ben Shelton has been tremendous as a freshman playing primarily that number five spot. But again, even in the top three, which you may say, oh, okay, you're talking about guys like Duarte and Sam Riffis and Andy Andrade, guys that have been around now for years. These aren't young guys. These are veterans that have played in some super, super important matches. So, yeah, they're the one seed for a reason. I think they have a fantastic chance to advance. And there's multiple pathways where they can get it done, regardless of whether they win doubles or lose doubles. Bicknell undefeated we didn't see him coach Sheldon a little coy about how healthy he is but you know Goodyear undefeated they've got Greif on the bench as well we know what we're getting in the top three Andrade Valle Riffis who made the semifinals in 2019 they've got that sort of match experience flip side the last time we were all together Kovacevic AB Zeke Clark were playing in a quarterfinal for the Illinois men's team and yeah they weren't going to get there last year but this is a team with experience and Chris again I know you're the SEC guy. I probably should have let you make the case for Florida, but there's absolutely a case for Illinois here. Yeah, I mean, it's not a stretch for me to make a case for Illinois. Florida clearly has not been stellar in dubs. I can easily make a case that Illinois gets out with the doubles point. So let's say that that happens, right? I've got the dubs point now. I got Kovacevic at one. He is absolutely the favorite in that match. Nobody's going to dispute that. Doesn't mean he's going to win, but he's the favorite. So so now I've got two. So I've got to find two matches from two through six. I will give you that four and six are going to be ridiculously tough if we've got Bicknell and Goodger in in there uh, because neither, neither one of them. Cliff can play. Like, really? It's I'm not, Zeke freaking I'm not Clark. saying he can't. I'm just saying they're going to be hard because we haven't we haven't Cliff, seen they've lost once so it's like i'm just saying I, undefeated versus losing once like come on I, yeah and <laughs> i i actually kind of want different it, schedules yeah it's the, true the like very true the like cynical side of me wants to see big i mean i want to see big no play mm-hmm. but the cynical side of me wants to see him not play because a grife cliff match would go like four and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even with we would, no and this, ad and this is the 7 p.m match no less we would be there for we'd be like a full third in that match and everything else was already done yeah uh, so i mean that could be absolutely crazy but but yeah i and look i mean there's in in no 
I say in no way, shape, or form. In no way, shape, or form can I say that I'm going to favor AB, who hasn't been, you know, anything from stellar this year. But let's be honest, neither Andrade has not been stellar either. So pick him, maybe. I still got to favor Andrade there. Uh, but yeah, I I think for Illinois, you got to get you got to get Kavasovic. You probably need to steal Monty over Riffis. Now that's a that that's going to be a tough one, but. You know, Riffis hasn't been what we kind of expected maybe to see from Riffis. So that's a that's a match that could go either way. He's played a lot of really tight matches down the stretch. Won some, lost some. So that's a, that's going to be a close one. I think if you're Illinois, you could look and go, yeah, we could get dubs one and two and then go find another one. And like you said, is it Zeke Clark with one loss against Bicknell, who's got none, or Cliff, who's got one against Bicknell, who's got none, or... Hunter Heck against Ben Shelton. Yeah, you could find one. I mean, if you can get those top, those first three, you could find one anywhere. I mean, it, it could come literally anywhere. So it's not, a, it, I don't think it's a really tough case to make. Illinois is, is coming in. Yes, they're an underdog. They're not a huge underdog like you would expect a 116 to be. I mean, the 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 money line, if you will, uh, that the bookmakers would have on the 215 match of Baylor Old Miss would be much more heavily skewed to the favorite than this match would be at the 116. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well, with that in mind, again, you can weave your match calculus into your pick, Maddie. Who you got and why? Yeah, I expect this to be an extremely, extremely tight match. And I say that because I think Illinois will win the doubles point. Mm-hmm. For Florida, if they win the doubles point, I think it's going to be too much for Illinois to overcome. I think the Illini have to win doubles. And if they do that, Chris just talked about the pathways there, but I'm looking at it and I like court three. I like court four. I like court six for Florida. And you know what? I might even like courts two and five. I really do. So it's one of those things where I'm feeling good about it from Florida. I'm going to take the Gators here. I think it will be close. They're in Florida. They're going to be a little bit more acclimated to the conditions. I know it's a night match and everything, but the bugs and all of that stuff, Hmm. it's more of a home match for the Gators. I think they get it done. I do. Chris? Yeah, look, I think think Kovacevic at one is the only match in this entire match that I want to say I feel like you got to favor him. I mean, like heavily, like – like I want to count on that point beyond that doubles could go either way. End of the other five singles matches could go either way. But even if I give Illinois doubles and I give them Kovacevic at one, I still like my chances of getting four out of the next five. If I'm Florida, they're just so good in singles. I can't, I can't get away from it. I got to stick with the Gators. I want you both to make a pick. Let's say there's no Bicknell. Then what's the pick? Start with you, Maddie. Okay, well, then I'm taking Zeke Clark in that match. He would be playing Ben Shelton. Correct. So I'll take Zeke in that match. Then we've got Heck against uh, Goodger. Goodger. And Greif versus a Cliff, which is a grind. Yeah, it's a grind, but you know I'm not picking against Lucas Greif. I mean, I, I've been waiting for him to get in there. Yes, so, yeah, sir. no, I, I think that changes things a little bit for sure. That would that would maybe put Illinois, right? Because if they win dubs, if if they win Kova and they win Zeke, they are right on the cusp there. And that match could easily go the other way. 
definite upset alert. Um, I Yeah, no, I, I see that. So we don't really know. I'm going off of the assumption that we see Bicknell play. Are you going to take Florida either way, though? I'm giving you the chance because if he – let's say he plays versus he doesn't play. If he plays, you said yes. If he doesn't play, yes or no? If he doesn't play, I still go Florida. I oh. still go Florida 4-3. It's not a bad pick because you still like Greif. I, it's Again, I understand right. your logic there. Chris? Same. Yeah, I still like I, – I like Greif at six. Uh, the I'm depth. with Maddie. You, you, that – Maybe now you favor Zeke at four over Shelton. I really want to see Bicknell and, and Zeke because I want to see the Bicknell inside out forehand into that backhand corner and which guy wins. Zeke putting it back and making him hit it, or Bicknell just being too much and he and he can't win and he, you know Zeke can't get away from can't get the balls back without letting Bicknell get in. But but yeah, even if they don't play. Sure, maybe I'll let them. I'll say Zeke, but I think to me, to me, doubles is effectively a toss-up. I'm, I, I was generous in saying, yeah, let's say Illinois wins. I don't, I don't think that's a given by any stretch. I think that's a toss-up. So maybe Florida still gets it, even if they don't, and we and we give up one. Uh, yeah, it makes it a tough road if you favor Zeke at four. I still think Florida gets it done. I'll I'll take the Gators either way. Nothing wrong with that. Again, that is certainly heck of a nightcap, and it's going to keep us past midnight if I was a gambling man. But that in mind, we get to our final match, and of course, it features Chris's Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on Texas A&M. I think we know the match calculus for an A&M at this point. This is not to blitz through them, but we know Bashiro, Habib, Aguilar, Schachter, what those top four have meant to them, not just all season long, uh, but obviously, uh, yeah, uh, just, you know, their consistency. They seem to finally be healthy, playing some really good tennis, Maddie. You know, we saw them beat Mississippi State 6-1 earlier in the season. This is our only all-conference battle of the event. Your thoughts on A&M, their level right now, and again, if you want to get straight into your pick, your calculus, you think they get the job done? Yeah, well, you guys know more than anybody preseason, I picked AM to win the SEC. I was mm-hmm. very high on this team. I thought they were going to do some really great things. And, you know, Coach Denton talked about it. They haven't been healthy. I mean, Habib's been out. They've had injury issues. Um, but now, though, I think they're going to roll out a full lineup. And, you know, the emergence of a guy like Pierce Rollins, who's going to play, you know, five singles, I think that's really going to help the Aggies. You know, if I'm looking at a calculus here against Mississippi State, in singles at least, I like court one with Vachero. I like three with Aguilar. And I think I like four with Schachter. I'm not going to say two because for me, flow has been tremendous for the Bulldogs at number two. I think that match with Habib, that could be that could be a surprise there for a lot of people. Flo, I think, can win that match just based on their form right now. Flo's feeling it. Habib, I don't think he really is at this point, coming off injuries and everything. Um, you know, but again, down low, five and six. I just I do think the Aggies, regardless of the doubles point, because I do think Mississippi State has improved in doubles. I think they're going to hang in doubles. This could be a super intense doubles point. I mean, you look at what happened last week with UCF, three tiebreakers, right, on all three courts. So that was as tight as it gets. I could see a similar scenario, but regardless, whether Mississippi State or A&M wins dubs, I like 
A&M at 1-3-4 a lot. And then, you know, whether they get dubs, whether they get five, whether they get six, I just think they're going to be able to find four points. But I will say this, guys, compared to the last time they played earlier this season, I believe this will be a tightly contested match. It's not going to be like a 6-1 or something like that. I think it'll be fairly close courts individual courts are going to be close we're not going to have a bunch of six one sets i'm expecting six fours seven fives some tiebreakers seven six sets but at the end of the day i'll take the aggies too much talent sir chris final match of the round of 16 your mississippi state bulldogs the floor is yours yeah, it's not hard for me to make the case for Mississippi State, like Maddie said, right? They've been they've been coming on, getting better in doubles. They could grab the doubles point. Flo, to Maddie's point, has been playing great. And he's a guy, when he's on, he can play with anybody. He played that German uh, series with Dustin Brown and Hanfman and guys like that and came out with some huge wins over the summer uh, in that series. To just show, I mean, to show you, he can play with anyone if his game is there. He hits. I'll tell you what that that guy hits the ball so hard that you're hoping he doesn't have his game when you play him because it's just so heavy. It's hard to deal with. So that's certainly not a match you would count on. Uh, and then Geo, right? Yeah, Geo's another guy playing one. He can play with anybody. Yes, it's a very tough match with Vashara, who just doesn't lose dual matches for AM. Uh, but look, then then we get to the bottom of, of the lineup and we got, you know, three even even from four, five, four, five, six, you got Schachter, you got, you know, Rollins, Perot, Marson in some order. Uh Marson may or may not play. He's listed, but I kind of expect him to get pulled. Those are winnable matches uh, across the board. So I don't I don't think there's anywhere, just like it was the case with UCF, you go and lose the doubles point. Even in that match, I was looking at it going, yeah, well, it's not over. I mean, we could win four singles matches, and sure enough, you get five first sets against a very good UCF team. The, these guys are very capable in singles. I, doubles is not the strong point, but you're not going to continue to survive by losing doubles points especially when you get to you know to this point in the ncaa tournament and you're now facing teams who's you know who have very good singles lineups they need to win that doubles point and then find find three singles matches very doable for the bulldogs mm-hmm. no so with that in mind are you picking them or no too scared look man <laughs> every every inch of my being wants to pick the Bulldogs, Gruskin. Gruskin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, there just aren't that many inches. Uh, <laughs> I can't do it. I mean, I'm going to catch all kinds of grief, I'm sure. I've even heard Reverse jinx. It's have, a reverse jinx. Exact. I've heard other coaches tell me, look, I'm calling it now. Mississippi State's going to upset Texas A&M. Man, I want it. Obviously, we all know I want it to happen. But oh, I just, I mean, we have to win the doubles point to do it. And A&M's got decent dubs. And then Vashiro just doesn't lose 
it's so hard. There's so many pathways for AM that can it be done? Absolutely. Mississippi State can beat them. It wasn't even, I mean, even that 6 1 match, there were a lot of close matches, 6 4 in the third at six, et cetera. But I just think there's so many ways for AM to get it done that, you know, it, you know, in the end, it's it's still a contest. And even though you've bailed and not picked, I got to be with, I got to compete against Maddie. And for, oh my gosh, it looks like Maddie and I are down to like only picking one match different. So it's basically all on Virginia USC for me <laughs> and Maddie, but we're both, I'm sure going to pick A&M here, but yeah, I'll take A&M against, you know, the, the heart. Uh, obviously I want Mississippi State to win. Considering you have a two-game lead, Chris, that's a good news for you that it's yeah, it can't catch you after this round of sixteen. <laughs> so again, I suppose that's good news. But look, I, I, I think we've covered it all. That's all eight round of sixteen men's matches. Hopefully, you learned a little bit something extra. You know the match calculus, what to expect heading in. But what we can all expect heading in a fantastic, fantastic uh, round of tennis, certainly. And again, if you've missed any of our coverage here of the round of sixteen, can find interviews with all 32 coaches on our website crackrackets.com i will be back tomorrow with the goat colette lewis to talk a little bit more about the men's side i'm going to give more of my thoughts with her and we'll talk about the women's side as well maddie chris and i are all going to be down in orlando daily recaps all of the action we're talking to players we're talking to coaches we'll do it all so be on the lookout for that of course if you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at crack Rackets. you want to message me directly i'm at great shot pod shout out as always to the the super producers, Max Ligger, Daniel Westoff, who have a f- of any job to do day in, day out. And by the way, I did 32 pods. Westoff did 32 edits. Like, shout out to Westoff. It's just as much him behind the scenes. Trust me. Imagine hearing my voice that frequently. It is not very fun. Uh, so shout out to him. With that in mind, I feel like we've said everything. But, Manny, I'll start with you. Anything left? I... I am just ready to get down to Orlando. I mm-hmm. cannot wait for these matches. It's going to be fun. Uh, and I think we're all going to have a blast when we get down there. Chris? Uh, my brain's a just, it's a one big mush, man. I don't know. Go dogs, go frogs, fight on. I, what, I don't know. What is it? Sick'em bears. Yeah, sick'em bears. There we, I mean, yeah, whatever. It's throw them all together. Do we think anyone listens an hour 39 deep? Jay. Okay. Do we think we're going to have people snitch on me is what I'm asking. Will any player or coach listen this long? No. Okay, ready? Chris, write it down. UNC, Tennessee, Ohio State, Baylor, USC, Texas, Illinois, A&M. Those are my eight. If you listened from start to finish, you deserve to hear my eight picks. So shout out to all of you and... Come on, I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. Going to leave a little nugget there at the end. But with that in mind, for my wonderful co-hosts, Matt the Cracks, the Koyak, and Chris Halliores, for our super producers, Max Flieger and Daniel Westoff, for our friends over at Turn of Tennis, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Gentlemen, what do we tell our listeners? Hey. Hey. Great shot. Great shot. And we will see you all in Orlando. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>